When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the latest Tripe Supper. I'm Jonathan Taylor and joined by Philip Tonte and Anthony Vickers. And hopefully it won't be another too deflating Tripe Supper, albeit results aren't really helping us at the minute, are they? Uh, it's always results driven, but that, that forms the, the mute, uh, mood music. Uh, Millwall was deeply, deeply disappointed, uh, having uh, bounced back again, you know, against Ipswich and looked quite good and the consensus was that was probably the best eleven. Uh, to to collapse at Millwall in a quite spectacular fashion, in a way reminiscent of the collapse at Bristol City, will be ringing alarm bells because their problems that uh, should be ironed out. You know, the, the manager after the game was talking about the repeated naive schoolboy errors. Uh, it's his job to sort them out and make sure they don't reoccur. Uh, so that's that's a deeply worrying thing. That it seems to be the same problems time and time again when confronted with the, with the same type of football yeah absolutely I mean Phil the stats make obvious reading really Borough have won 8 out of 8 when they scored the first goal this season but have won 1 in uh, 11 or now 1 in 12 after conceding the first goal so clearly when they concede the first goal there's something fundamentally wrong there isn't it but what, what exactly is it well it's, they seem to just lose their heads uh, I can't be any more scientific than that you know it was night and day on Saturday I know, I know quite a lot of people on social media said the whole 90 minutes was desperate I didn't buy that I thought for 15-20 for, for minutes Borough were, were edging a, a game they looked relatively comfortable Darren Randolph did have to make one very good save and one routine save but at the other end Borough had a goal disallowed for offside and Bamford hit a post so you know it wasn't the unmitigated disaster over 90 minutes but what it was was the final quarter hour of the first half was just keystone cops it was a complete mess Um, Borough conceded a a bad goal and then just fell apart could have been if it had been 4-0 at half time you wouldn't have been surprised we were looking at each other in the press box thinking how bad is this going to get because Millwall were just cutting Borough open at will and there seems to be no plan, I mean every team goes behind now and even Manchester City who are flying will occasionally concede the first goal the, the, the key is what your plan is for going, surely there's game plan from, from the first minute to the last, you know if it's nil-nil going into the second half you'd have a different plan than you would if you were winning 2-0 or you're 3-0 down, you know managers work on all contingencies and you know, it's a, it's a given that now and again you'll fall behind in the match. So why the shape should fall apart? Why the players suddenly look like they don't know who their teammates are, what they who they're supposed to be passing to? It, it's a mystery, and I, it, it does come back to the manager. Quite, you know, you can blame the players all you want for making mistakes, but like Vic says, it comes down ultimately to the manager because he's picking them, he's drilling them, he's he's motivating them. They're not bad players. They're, you know, most managers would give their right arm to have that squad. So I don't buy that the players aren't good enough. You know, Borough are below teams that they should be 10 points clear of at the moment. To me, Vic, when you're talking about conceding the first goal, and look, I mean, yes, teams do concede the first goal, but Borough are doing it quite a lot, you know, given the the squad and, and if you compare it to the previous years. Now, is that a twofold problem? Is A, the shape 
the problem, or B, is it psychologically of what's going on between the players' ears that, that causes this, what seems like a collapse, an implosion? Yeah. Well, well, the shape creates certain problems. If you push your full-backs up, which we do, to, to create width and take extra bodies forward, it leaves a space behind them, like a, a, a red zone behind them when they, when they push up. Uh, and it's very easy for a defending team, when a, a borough attack breaks down, to knock a diagonal or down the flank... Uh, and give a winger a chance to run at that. Uh, in the past, under uh, Ito Karanka, uh, the, mid, the holding midfielders would be sat quite deep so they could move across into that, that red zone and maybe cut, cut the danger out. Or when the fullbacks pushed on, the wide midfielder would, would drop back, which is why, you know, we, for long spells, we had Stewie Downing operating virtually as an auxiliary left back when George Friend pushed up. Uh, the emphasis now has switched to be more attacking, so the, the central midfielders are a little bit higher up the pitch, so you don't have that luxury of them covering that space. And if one of the centre-backs drifts across to cut that space out, it's very easy for the, the, the attacking winger who's carrying the ball forward to just knock a diagonal into the box. So this, the, the shape that Borough are employing does leave them vulnerable. So there is that. But psychologically, uh, it's clear. Psychologically, I think there is a growing problem because if you remember earlier in the season, we actually pointed out that Borough had found some resolve and they were coming back from games. Uh, they clawed one back at the death against uh, at Fulham and we lauded that as, show, as a great show of spirit. Brentford, uh, against Barnsley. Uh, yeah. Barnsley, Brentford, uh, it became a regular thing and we were saying, you know, this team's got something about them. Uh, it does seem to have become progressively worse and it's not so much falling behind you know every, as Phil says every team falls behind but the five minutes that follows the goal going in it's just chaos absolute chaos there was no organisation there whatsoever the shape collapsed the, the basic relationships within the defence collapsed people were chasing the ball like uh, a terrier in the park uh, tackles were being missed well, that uh, pe- goal, people that running into go- the box were, weren't being picked up. That second goal was a, in one little nutshell, uh, a, you know, an example of what had been going on around that. You know, you, you see Harrison trying to make a tackle, he missed it, like, you know, and then you see two fullbacks not knowing whether to, to go. Or, you know, the the, mis- the mistake and the build up to it, everything about it was just smacked of a team that lacked organisation but you look at the goals that Borough conceding this year and I know that we've been spoilt down the years haven't we We're certainly in the championship days with Aitor Karanka if you look at some of the goals they've conceded this season you're talking about Darren Randolph Wilde's left footed swing against Derby for example you're talking about Ben Gibson and, and Darren Randolph I think was it against QPR where yeah. they kind of ran into each other or Brentford one of the two um, you look at the, the goal there you look at the free header against Brentford the, these are goals that I mean can you coach that? Can Gary Monk eradicate well, those mistakes? I'd go back as far as QPR. You know, that was another game. Borough won three two, but it could have been easily four three to QPR. Mm-hmm. You know, they they went very close to getting a late equaliser. There is something fundamentally wrong in the way the team's set up, and we've said it all season. This the, the the system, and whatever the system you want to call it, isn't suiting the players, or the players don't seem to be able to make that system work. And when you get a situation like that, you know, you can call it clarity of vision, whatever you want to call it, people aren't quite sure of the jobs. The, 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 com, the comparison I always make um, to take look at a different sport very quickly is, is the England rugby team before and after Eddie Jones. Mm-hmm. Beforehand, it was the same group of players, but they didn't seem to have a game plan, a vision, a strategy, 
and therefore they would lose important games and win big games, but you're never sure whether it was luck or judgment. When Eddie Jones came in, he simplified everything, he had a strategy, he got the best out of the players, the players knew exactly what they were meant to do. And I think that's the same now. I think it's what Aitor did when he first came to Middlesbrough. He gave people certain roles, he gave them a specific task. And it was clear that within two or three weeks, Aitor Karanka had identified the defence mm-hmm. as a problem and he, and he pretty much resolved it, as we know. You know, we went, you know it, it took a while to get the attacking side of things sorted out. And, but Biro finished that that particular season relatively strongly and then kicked on the next season and challenged for automatic promotion. So you can see when a manager's got hold of a team and there's affected change. And at the moment, I don't think, I think even Gary Monk would say that you, you look at that group of players and you can't tell me what type of team it is. It's neither defensively rigid or an out-and-out attacking side that backs itself to score one more goal than the opposition, whether that's 5-4-3-2, whatever um, and so that's, that, that's the problem at the moment Borough are falling between two stools They're not one thing or another Well I mean I talk around I always said Vic didn't he That you know he, the, Certainly in an attacking sense He had to sacrifice that I mean I know they went on that Long long score, um, goalless run didn't they Was it kind of seven games or something But he had the time where he could say Right I'm going to sacrifice this part of the pitch Just to make sure that this the foundation are in place But Gary Monk doesn't have that, that luxury, does he? He can't, he can't say, right, I'm going to sacrifice going forward and, and play for, for draws just to make sure that we start defending properly. It's way beyond that, isn't it? Well, I mean... Very different scenarios, though, aren't yeah, they? Yeah. I think it's always hard to change the philosophy of any organisation. You'll get people who resist, you'll get people who are from the old regime that are not uh, capable of playing the way the new manager wants to. You bring people in that not necessarily... Uh, in keeping with you know the, the the mood and chemistry of the dressing room it's very very hard to to completely re-engineer something on the hoof uh, it did look early doors that there were signs of, of a new style of football emerging uh, but it's always results driven and if if those early signs are not producing immediate results and that brings a pressure and when people are under pressure, they revert to what they know. So you sometimes get an almost schizophrenic approach where people know what it is that they're expected to do, but they revert to type and start doing the stuff that they've been trained over years and years to do. Uh, if Borough were winning, I think you'd find you know, that people would have a spring in their step and they're a lot more open to, to new ideas. You know, if a new manager comes in and says, do it like this and gets results, everyone buys into it. If he says do it like this and you don't get results, people start to resist in various ways. And I think maybe there's some of that in the mix that right now that maybe a lot of the players don't believe or don't fully understand what the what the new direction is, what you know, what the identity of the team is and what their role is. And it only takes a very small area of confusion in football to be undone by a team that do know what they're doing and do buy into what they're doing and everyone has a, has a game plan and they stick to it. And that's where Borough have fallen down because a lot of the teams that, that uh, Borough have been undone by are on paper not as good technically but uh, their work rate has been incredible and Borough have been outfought, outworked and outmuscled sometimes and they're the very basic ingredients in the championship and somehow Borough have to find that uh, and add that to what you know to the skill set and the, the type the the style of football they're playing because it, this is 
very, very unforgiving div- division. And if you can't go to, toe-to-toe with the likes of, of Millwall or outwork the likes of Bristol City, then you're going to lose. It's interesting, Phil, isn't it, looking at solutions going forward because it clearly is beyond a personnel uh, problem. Because if you look, I mean, Borough have had different players in the back line and, and yet the mistakes have happened all the time. Obviously, Dale Fry was in the, the defence and you could, you could probably count yourself a little bit unlucky to have dropped out. But the point remains that if you look at the options at Garrington's disposal looking ahead uh, to this weekend, it, you know, he, he's got people like Dale Fry, Ryan Schott and George Friend, players who he's already dropped this yeah. season. So it's very... How does he go about finding solutions? Well, I, I still go back to the system, you know... It can put any number of combinations of players into that system, but the system doesn't seem to work. And and too often, and we saw it latterly with Aitor's regime as well, is that too many players are just not in a position that they look comfortable in. So Patrick Bamford did OK at number 10 against Ipswich, but found it very hard going against Millwall. Stuart Downing's looking good on the right, but if you move him into the middle, that leaves another vacancy on the right. You're not sure who's going to go there. Left-hand side, Braithwaite's been very moderate on the left. Again, going back to Johnny House and isn't really a defensive midfielder as such. So that we, we, we're talking about the same issues time and again. It's not as if we're sat here and we've discovered a really new issue that wasn't affecting the team in September and October. We could have had this conversation quite easily after Barnsley or after after QPR, after any of those games really, and say, look, those players don't look comfortable in that system. And I know he's moved it around and tried different combinations. Uh, and I think that's what it comes back to. Uh, he does have to decide ultimately on what you know whether he's going to go with a group of players and just give them time to come good because at the moment you know if you pull Fabio out and put George Friend in again for Sheffield Wednesday, what does that tell you? It, it means that a George Friend has to play really well on Saturday, otherwise he's back out of the team again, and and then Fabio's feeling well, I haven't done too badly. What 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 gives there? Um, you could do that right through the team, so I think that's where. Probably the clouded vision is at the moment with Gary Monk. He just looks at his squad and thinks, well, if I bring Ashley Fletcher back, what's he going to give me? Is he going to give me more than what Martin Braithwaite's already given me? Um, but you surely know, Vic, what Adam Clayton would bring you, wouldn't he? Because he's a, a specialist defensive midfielder. And Wildborough yes. weren't winning games while he was in the team through September, October. They weren't losing them. No, they weren't. And... Personally, I think maybe it would have been worth persisting with, with the, the three. Uh, the, the midfield did look clunky, uh, but uh, up front, I think there was plenty of movement. And at the back, when Clayton was the defensive holding man and dropping in between the two centre-backs, which allowed the full-backs to push up with a little bit more security, locking the back door, uh, Borough did keep was it five clean sheets in the first seven games. Uh, I know he didn't play in all of those, but uh, the first four or five that he played, Borough leaked very few goals. Uh, but even the in downside the two, of that, didn't play work, though, yeah, the, the, the downside of that is that you are you do sacrifice an extra body up front, uh, and the the ethos of the club, you know, there was a conscious thing in the summer about how we're going to be more creative and more attacking uh, to solve a problem by putting a holding midfielder in and, and playing with an extra man at the back, kind of goes back on that but sometimes you have to go back to basics sometimes you have to shut up shop uh, rebuild morale by keeping clean sheets and then take it from there How, how do you assess the Adam Clayton situation Phil because I think that is certainly one of the surprises of, of the last few weeks and you can understand you can make an argument of why he's out of the team but the fact is I mean if if Gary Monk does need a player like that to come in and, and sort helps you know stabilise Borough's defence 
Adam Clayton won't be doing um, kind of cartwheels at the minute about the way last kind of two months, will he? No, I think I think you the situation though, aren't we? With the, where players not in the team suddenly become better players because they're not tarred by the brush of being involved in the Millwall debacle. Um, Adam Clayton, you know exactly what Adam Clayton's going to bring to the table, and, and it clearly isn't what Gary Monkey's looking for at the moment. Um, I think Clayton's a sophisticated enough player to do actually a different role if he wants to. He was, a, he was after mm. all, a good attacking midfielder at one yeah. point, box-to-box midfielder for, for Leeds and Huddersfield. That's where how he made his name. So I don't believe for a second that he wouldn't be flexible. In fact, he'd probably enjoy and relish a different role. Gary Monk presumably thinks he's already got players who can do that. Again, and come back to it, you know, you are, you're either one thing or the other at the moment. You're either in that defensive midfield pairing, and I know that there's a degree of freedom within that for players to push on and either want to sit deep but um, it just isn't working at the moment um, Grant Ledbetter for me I, I, I'm happy to have him in the team I like what he brings I, you know I think he never you know whatever happened on on um, on Saturday and he was I think involved in one of the goals he's, he's the kind of guy you want to look to, to to help the club get out of this sticky mess at the moment um, now if you go back to Ledbetter and Clayton pairing that that means to me that's that's fine. I don't have a problem with that. And you ha- and they help the back four. I, I don't have a problem with that at all. But that points so it brings so much pressure on the players in front, mm-hmm. you know. And and that's a misfiring area of the pitch, and it has been all season. So I don't see how, without a radical rethink of of that area of the pitch, how he's going to resolve this problem. Because you know Braithwaite's hit and miss, Patrick Bamford's been hit and miss. Um, Sombolong is being starved of really good service we saw on Saturday how good he is if you get the ball to him um, and yet he's only scored one goal against the top half team it's just yeah, uh, yeah that might be because Barat create enough chances against I top half right, teams yeah. I think Brittle score goals he's proved that time yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I just look at that forward and it, you know he's got enough players it's whether he can find a blend of players to, to, to resolve that and I, I think it probably does come back to a tactical shift a change in formation whether it's 4-4-2 whether it's 4-3-3 um, the problem he's got now is he's got four games in the space of a fortnight that could define his career and there, it ain't really the time for experimentation you know you've got Sheffield Wednesday on Saturday and you're straight into Bolton at home and that is an absolute nailed on 1000% must win match and, and, and there'll be, be a big crowd lots of Teesiders back for Christmas they'll, they'll expect a performance from Borough Bolton are going down and they're you know we saw what they were like at the Reebok they're not a good team Borough will be expected to thrash them and if they don't and by I mean, what I mean by thrash is play them off the park, even if it's not 6-0, you know, a, a, a solid 2 or 3-0 win, never really looking un, in any danger. You know, Borough's quality should be showing in a game like that. So that's a big test. And then you're suddenly into Villa on the Saturday and Preston on the Monday. So this is Gary Monk's problem. So he has to spend these few days before the, the weekend drilling that team into whatever system he thinks is going to Save his save the season and potentially save his borough career. Do you have any sympathy, Vic, with Gary Monk at the minute? I mean, the mistakes that are being made clearly, uh, it's not coming directly from him. He's not coaching that, but equally, he has to take some kind of culpability and responsibility. I mean, do you sympathise with him at the minute? Well, possibly there's a lot of mitigating factors, but at the end of the day, you know, the buck stops with the manager. Uh, one of the problems, possibly, that he has is that he doesn't have. Uh, a stockpile of goodwill from from the public, partly because of the situation with the Gazette, and he hasn't been able to flesh out his character. 
partly because uh, some of his sound bites, uh, when, when you lose, you don't want glib sound bites, and he's never really built a relationship with the fans, and partly because uh, Borough's better performances have been away from home. At home, it's been pretty, pretty poor fare, and there's been very few people bought into the whole concept of Gary Monk's regime and, and no one really knows what his style is no one knows what, what, what he's trying to do so that, that gives you a massive problem and there's, there's no uh, understanding of the nuances of, of the Gary Monk philosophy or approach which means that you've got no, no leeway for error And yet Phil, if you look at the table and I'm sure... You know, automatic promotion was the bar, which I mean looked a long way away. Now I think it's 15 points from second. It's 19 points from Wolves, which is yeah. which is staggering at this stage of the season. Bearing in mind we're not even halfway through uh, the game at Hillsborough Marks, halfway through. But yet, people outside of the Teesside the Teesside circle will look at Borough and they will say, with that squad, five points away from sixth, is all of this a bit of an overreaction? Well, it depends, as you say, what the expectations are. Um, I mean, going back to Vic mentioned, you know, um, how Monk came into the club. He came into a situation that was very different from Mowbray and Karanka, whose both both were tasked with being better than the guy they replaced. They, they took over a struggling team, and they had a very simple task of guiding that club to mid-table safety in their first six months in charge. Monk's got a very different scenario. He's been expected to hit the ground running, but he came in early enough. Um, it was it was given, you know, we don't yet know exactly which of the players he signed were his signings and which weren't. Indeed, they all might be his. But, you know, nobody was sat before the Wolves game, 48 hours before the Wolves game, saying, well, I think expectations are too high here. You know, this is a tough division. Nobody was saying we're targeting yeah, sixth. Nobody was saying we're targeting sixth. You know, we, I think we all agreed bare minimum finish was top 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 six with with really the expectation that Borough would be one of the top two. And I think we felt comfortable saying that. I still think that should have been the target. Um, the, 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 I know it wasn't the question, but the comparison that hurts Monk the most is Wolves. You know, because any any other excuse, um, you, you, any excuse he wants to make or is made on his behalf, fans will rightly say, "Yeah, but Wolves." Similar scenario, similar size club, great fan base, a, a team again that's been battling to get in the Premier League. Um, and you look at their situation, you think, you know, why are Borough so far adrift? I think it's 19 points adrift, and you know, their goal difference is so much superior. So, so I don't think I don't think we're, I don't think expectations are too high on Middlesbrough. I think they're vastly underperformed, mm-hmm. and you know, you look at the comparisons between you know, the, you just look at the clubs that are above Borough, and they're only above Borough with, with the exception, I would say, of Wolves. The clubs that are above Borough are only there because they've got a game plan. They know what that plan is. They stick to it. They'll get beat now and again. I, f- I would imagine sometimes teams like Cardiff and and and, and one Bristol City will be awful on occasions. I mean, City got thrashed by Leeds, didn't they? But they've got a plan where you know they can go back out the next week and pick it up, and the players know their role, and it's they've got a system, and they like playing in that system, and the players are thriving. You know, I don't look at Cardiff's team and think I wish I had half a dozen of their players. Certainly not in terms of their match, that so their career stats. So I think expectations are, are rightfully high against Borough. I understand why other managers outside look at Borough and think you know they're the galacticos of the division, but I also think we're perhaps guilty of maybe overrating one or two of our players without naming names. Um, you know, some people have built, got reputations rather than performances to look back on at the moment, and 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 frankly, um, the solution again, come back to, it, has to come in the next four matches because 
Borough can't afford to go into January in this same stuttering win one, lose one, lose one, win one scenario because it's just eating away at the core of the, the, the club. It's eating away at the supporters. It's. I don't even think it's four games, Phil. I think now we're, we're kind of looking at almost a one game. I know that the games have come so thick and fast, but if, I mean, if you look at Sheffield Wednesday and Saturday... If you look at them, I mean, they're underperforming even, Six even more than Borough. Yeah. Uh, the five points are different to Borough. But a defeat there, Vic, and, and that pretty much is ir- irreversible, isn't it? It would leave a massive mountain to climb. But more important, politically, I think that would, that would drain away yeah. any residual support for, for Gary Monk. And then I think then in the home games, the atmosphere would be very, very tense. And once... It's very hard to put the genie back in the bottle once people start expressing that publicly. Uh, It's you know when you're in this situation, the only thing Gary Monk can do to keep people on board is win games. That's what it comes down to: winning games. It's going to be a very very interesting game at Hillsborough because we I think we know the uh, the fellow that wears the number nine for I think he actually wears number seventeen for Sheffield Wednesday. (laughs) Um, Jordan Rhodes. I don't know what you two think. I thought he was a fantastic signing at the time and, and history will probably say that he came in and scored vital goals that got Borough up yet there's a niggling feeling really that he never really was truly given a chance here do you agree with that? I, I don't really want to go over old ground to be honest I think it's oh, a bit like on. the supermarket yeah, let's go over go on. when it's go gone on. it's gone and I, I, I think that, that doesn't help anyone really uh, It'll help my I think, help I think, my match report on I think, I think, I think <laughs> it. I think there's a bigger picture, not not so much just Jordan. There was an issue. I mean, people are making the point now that Stuart is scoring goals, isn't he? Mm-hmm. Since he's been played as a striker, there was a, there was an issue around. I think that the bigger picture issue, and you could argue it's still happening now, is signings are coming in and they're not being given a chance to 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 really to really nail down a place. You a know, run of games. A run of games. Yeah. You know. You, you, I can't think of any other industry. And Burr aren't the only club that do it, by the way. I can't think of any other industry where you go out and you make a significant investment like Borough did in Jordan Rhodes and not give him the absolute perfect platform to fulfil his potential. Now, I know there's other strikers at the club deserve an equal opportunity, but you know we've seen it with Gestead when he came in in January, Bamford when he came in in January, Stuani when he came in, dare I say Carlos De Pena when he came in, Yannick Wilshut, Victor Fisher, lots of attacking kind of players who will rightly say, you know, with one or two exceptions, I don't feel I got the chance to show the Borough fans what I could do. I remember Wildshut, without digressing too much, playing um, Rotherham off the park. He was brilliant that day. He was gone a match later. I think he played maybe the following match, and he was pretty much out of the picture for six months. I I just didn't get my head round that. I'm not saying he should have played every single game, but if you can do that in one match, you can do it in another, can't you? That kind of... So I I think with Rhodes... I think there's a, there's a bigger issue there of you know clubs like Borough making significant cash investments, and then and then kind of letting those investments go to rot a little bit. I know I know Borough will argue we got most of our if not all of our money back on him, and that's fair enough. But but still, um, you know he's a, he was a proven twenty goal a season striker. He scored something like ridiculous average number of goals over the previous four or five seasons. So there's a, there was a talent there. Um, but it's as, as also like Vic says, it's gone now. And other than, other than the fact that he might embarrass Burr on Saturday, it's not it's not a player I look for anymore. Thinking, well, if if because you know, I think Britt Sombolong, you'd make the argument he's probably a better player at the moment than he is. So it's not as if Burr is stuck with Joe Bloggs from Blythe Spartans leading the line because they let 
the let Jordan Rhodes go. They've got a, you know a club record signing up front at the moment. It was a goal every other game ratio, isn't he? Yeah, and there'll be another familiar face in the Sheffield Wednesday ranks in Adam Reach, um, which which is its own little side story. Looking at the game, I'd have, purely, him, I'd have him back, mind. Yeah, he would fit in probably on the left hand side, wouldn't he? Purely in isolation, this game there is going to be a lot of pressure on Sheffield Wednesday as well and Carlos Carvajal. Um, as I said, I think there are similarities between the two sides, but. What do Borough do there? Do they try and turn the home fans against them and kind of contain and, and do that kind of, you know, let them have the ball very much like Borough, the tactics Borough you know, kind of deployed at Reading and Hull? Or do Borough now have to just go about themselves because Gary Monk needs to win a football match? Yeah, I, I suspect that they'll be quite worried about what's happened at the back in the last couple of away games and will be very conservative. It actually worked in those that string of games where they were deliberately giving the opposition the ball mm-hmm. and sitting back and trying to lure them forward and mm-hmm. hit on the break. So that could be a way forward. They certainly have to uh, make sure that they don't concede early because then I think uh, the fans will turn on them and I think mentally that would be a massive blow for them. And also, the Hill- Hillsborough is one of those grounds, like we saw at Millwall on Saturday, is that if they get the heads up and they get the dander up, you know, they- it can get a head of steam, can't they? It's yeah. that sort of venue. But as you, I, th- I think as you saying, Jono, Borough get the early goal, it could get poisonous from their oh, yeah, perspective. Absolutely. I mean, but their it, manager's but, under a lot more yeah. pressure than Gary Bunk. Yeah, so it, 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 it's one of those... Very, I th- I Again, we go back to it, don't we? Its first, its first goal is everything in those situations. It felt like that on Saturday. It felt like a little bit of a boxing match where two fighters were testing each other out, and unfortunately, Millwall landed the first punch. If, if you had to put you both on the spot, will Borough go at Sheffield Wednesday and win? Get your well, ball I, I think Borough will win matches because they, this division is so unpredictable. And as I say, first goal, it's possible that they beat. That they've beaten teams away. They won at Hull. They won at the one at um, Reading. I, I just worry about the the spirit a little bit and, and how, what the dynamics like because you know if, if if there's a group of senior players not getting a game in any dressing room, Borough, Leeds, Manchester United, Chelsea, Arsenal, Rotherham United, it can get divisive. And particularly as you pointed out, if players who probably could do just as jo- good a job, if not better, than the man in possession. Uh, that does that does cause a problem. I think Borough probably a little bit further down that line than they were a few weeks ago when they when they were had that three match winning run. Um, but I mean, I think they will win. Maybe they'll probably beat Bolton, but it, it's just unbelievably difficult to predict how Borough games are going to go at the moment. Vic, final thoughts on that game, Tony? Well, I think given Wednesday's fall and the fact that they will be under just as much a cloud as Borough, I, I think it's an opportunity to go there and you know for Borough to. If they're going to do anything this season, they've got to do it now. Yeah. And that's the sort of team where they can go and get something and then sort of rebuild morale. Uh, if they don't, I think that would be very, very worrying and some big questions would need to be asked. I thought we were going to end on a positive there, but then there was the but. <laughs> but anyway, um, yeah, thanks for listening anyway. Um, safe trip to those of you that are heading down to Hillsborough.